The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Got to move quick today, folks. We got a lot on the docket uh, and a another busy day of tracking injuries, basically. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. You can also follow Hoop Ball on Twitter at Hoop Ball Fantasy or go to hoop-ball.com. Get yourself a fantasy pass, people. Let us guide you through your playoffs with one day in the books. But let's dive right on into the Monday recap here. There is, as we talked about a bunch on yesterday's show, kind of want to break everything down from a Roto versus head-to-head standpoint at this point in the year. There really aren't too many crossover guys. There are a few. There are a few. Don't get me wrong. But there are specialists now, guys with great schedules, guys with interesting opportunity, injury fill-ins, It's just a different kind of beast. It's a different time of year. So we have to attack everything a little bit different as well. I didn't, on yesterday's show, get to tell you guys about our buddies over at mybookie.ag. We have renewed our partnership with them as well. So they'll be with us here for at least another two and a half to three months. Very excited about that. And because we're so excited about it, I want to give them a little extra love on these podcasts. So please, folks, if you haven't done this already and you're considering dabbling in the sports betting universe, go to mybookie.ag, open up account, an account with promo code HOOPBALL. It's on the third page of sign up. It asks for a promo code. You will not see any kind of weird confirmation when you enter it. You won't. However, however, it worked, provided you put it all in there. HOOPBALL, all one word, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. All one word. And then when you make your first deposit, whenever the hell that turns out to be, immediately, later, whatever, then it will have unlocked different deposit bonuses if you want to use them. You don't have to. They have rollover requirements. If you want to figure out what you should be betting on, follow our buddies over at Hoopball Gaming. Everybody there doing a wonderful job. Personally, I'm having a blast handicapping as hard as I have been this year again. I'm over 10 units up on the season, so pretty feeling pretty good about that. After a nice winner on the Jazz last night, an easy cover. They're favored by six and a half points. They beat the Lakers by 14. They were up big pretty much the whole way through. Easy peasy. So go again uh, to mybookie.ag and enter promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and enjoy. Quickly, a run through here on this Monday. Results. Cavaliers lost in Detroit. It's kind of a weird one, although the Pistons were up most of this ball game, and it does... Once again, bring into focus that Isaiah Stewart is your must-roster guy on that team. Sadiq Bey probably also falls into that category. If only because they're resting guys pretty much every ballgame now. Pistons have leaned pretty hard into the rest mode. They still accidentally won a ballgame here. Killian Hayes, 12-3-9. So let's just go through some of the names on this team and where they sit. So Isaiah Stewart, he's a go in all formats. Sadiq Bey is a little bit more of a specialist in that three-pointer steals are kind of his everything, but I think you can probably call him a go in most formats as well. Killian Hayes is a go in Roto 
because he's sitting out parts of back-to-backs. Josh Jackson is difficult to roster because of percentages issues. He's a points league guy without question. Uh, And then if you're in a a head-to-head spot that's even category leagues, you might be able to get a Josh Jackson situation going. We're right in the middle of a 5-7 and for Detroit. They have a five-game week two weeks from now, and that's probably where a guy like Josh Jackson creeps back into the mix. On the Cavaliers side, Larry Nance Jr. missed this ballgame with personal stuff. They play every other day this week, and I would say on Wednesday, if we find out that Nance is still not playing, you got to drop him at that point. I don't know if you absolutely positively need to do it today. I can make an argument that you should because Wednesday's an overload day, so dropping him for someone else on that day isn't that big of a deal. There are a couple of teams, though, that do go three times Thursday through Sunday. That would be one of the clubs you should be targeting if or when, when or if you have to make such a drop. If he misses more time, Torian Prince is the guy that seems to be the largest beneficiary of uh, Nance absence. Cavaliers go 5-7 and seven starting on Sunday, so this is a team that we'll be monitoring more towards the end of this week. Our Friday podcast will probably talk a bit about what to do with Cavaliers, depending on what you see from them over the weekend. So that, not a whole lot to do with them today. The Warriors beat the 76ers. Philly was down a few guys. No Tobias Harris, no Ben Simmons on the 76ers side. So Danny Green got his little usage bump that always happens when guys are down. He's been good this year. Quietly very productive, and he's a start in all nine category formats. Danny Green's number 78 this year. Snuck up on everybody, I'm sure. Certainly low turnovers. They do play a role, but nine category leagues, you need a guy like that on your roster. So he's in for a good little run here, depending on how long guys are out. Seth Curry, he's usable. Furkan Korkmaz is more of a stream type of guy. I don't think he's... I wouldn't use him in a roto format. There's too much uncertainty. Matisse Thibault, I would, however, drop into a roto format if we find out that Simmons or Harris or both even are out again. Because Mike Scott is a starter uh, in name alone. Played 14 minutes, did nothing, and then Thibault played most of the ball game. Matisse is the guy that when he gets that bump in minutes, you know you're going to get four defensive stats out of him, and then anything else is just kind of gravy. Kevon Looney, kind of a rebounding specialist right now. Minutes were up because Joel Embiid was on the other side. He actually did a pretty good job on Embiid. Good for Draymond and Looney. Held their own on the Warriors' side. And yeah, again, Philly was down a couple of guys, but that's a win. Golden State needed, got. Steph has been amazing. Good Lord, has he been something else lately. Ten more three-pointers. Just like it ain't no thing these days. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely nuts. Kelly Oubre came back, split the minutes with Kent Bazemore, and so they both kind of stunk. Damian Lee ended up as the warmer gunner off the bench, so he played 31 minutes, but you're not doing much with him either. Chicago beat Boston, ultimate letdown game for the Celtics after that big Saturday morning Tatum-Curry-Mondo showdown of a ball game, and Tatum just didn't have much in the tank for this one. He did have a triple-double, but a uh, kind of a forgettable one. No Kemba, no Marcus Smart, so Peyton Pritchard got a nice little bump. I doubt their absence lasts much longer. Smart was a game-time decision, so he'll probably be back by their uh, Wednesday or Thursday ball game. They don't play until Thursday again. Kemba will probably play half of the back-to-back 
the Celtics have coming up in there, so you're not venturing too far down that road. They're also hoping to have Robert Williams back later this week. So what I think you can do with Boston, and it's a tough call, admittedly, because they have two days off now, but because Wednesday's an overload, I don't know that you need to make a move here. Boston has one of the better schedules in the NBA the second half of this week because it's part of a 5-7 and seven run for them that starts on Thursday. So if you can hold a Celtic, whoever it might be, probably Time Lord is the question, the one you're actually questionable about. If you can hold Time Lord till Thursday and then get a report, I think you kind of have to. And if he's out, you try to flip him for someone who also plays three times towards the end of the week, which I believe is Charlotte, I think Milwaukee goes three times towards the end of the week, and that might be it. It might just be those three teams. Unless I'm forgetting somebody. It's possible, but I don't think probable in this instance. So that's your Boston report. On the Chicago side, they're figuring out to the best of their ability how to deal with a missing Zach Levine, and it's generally a ton of uh, Nikola Vucevic. Kobe White, an inefficient but quality ball game. He's obviously a star. Those are the two guys you're definitely trotting out there. And then Chicago has this laundry list of dudes that only make it in the streaming department. And so they do have a back-to-back coming up, and they play three and four days starting on Wednesday. And, you know, so you're riding some of these guys a little bit here. But as soon as the schedule lightens up, you can pretty much drop every other Celtic right now, including my guy Thad, who had a good ball game, but only 16 minutes. That's not going to get it done. His role seems to be a bit tied to Zach Levine. They like the the way those two play off of one another, and he just doesn't really fit much with what they're running right now. So Thad, he's a drop as soon as you milk this back-to-back out of things. Temple, Williams, Tice, who's playing big minutes, but just you sort of not enough in any... And all those guys that I just listed, you're not starting them in Roto anyway. Those are schedule-only type of dudes. Phoenix-Milwaukee, this is a fun one. Overtime, Devin Booker won it on a free throw at the end of overtime. Chris Paul, uh, big ball game. Mikal Bridges, Aiton, Booker, all those guys had big games for Phoenix. You're going to have a few, at least, when you put up a buck 28. This is a relatively uneventful fantasy game. Giannis had to leave early with cramping, or Milwaukee might have won this ball game. You know, who knows, I guess. That's, that's the way it, it tumbles. Dante DiVincenzo came back for the Bucks. And that pushed Bryn Forbes back out to the periphery. DiVincenzo is someone to keep an eye on because he probably got dropped in a few spots. And they do have a 5-7 and seven coming up starting on Saturday, Milwaukee does. So they have a, a really nice stretch coming up. Actually, a couple of 5-7s, and sevens, depending on when you want to dive in on the Bucks, Or if you grab a buck on Thursday, you can get three games towards the end of the week. But, but again, it's going to come down to your league I don't know who's available in your league. Is Dante DiVincenzo dropped? Maybe. Possibly. He's available in some. He's down to 63% rostered right now. On a Roto standpoint, when that team is fully healthy, he hasn't quite been there. He's been able to get it done on a head-to-head because he's been relatively durable this year. Just a couple of missed ball games here and there. Uh, but Roto, no. he has. He, it hasn't been enough. At least not for me. Um, that's about it on that club. Uh, Bobby Portis has been rendered useless because P.J. Tucker now is playing half of those minutes, so that really thins what you can do with Milwaukee. Houston, they ran their normal guys out there. Miami sat everybody and still won by 20. Yeesh, the Rockets are bad. Miami took seven free throws in the whole ball game and still won by 22. 
because they had 19 three-pointers. Andre Iguodala hit four. Nunn had six. Dragic, three. D-Rob, five. That's pretty crazy that those guys combined for 18 three-pointers. Precious Achua started, played 29 minutes with Bam out with a sore knee. Dwayne Dedman backed him up. You know Dedman's a fantasy monster, but he's not going to play more than 20 minutes of ballgame. Sounds like his conditioning is a wreck right now, too. And then Bam will probably be back here. So Miami, this was kind of fool's gold on the Miami side because they're not going to play their guys like this most of the time. They go Wednesday, they go Friday, Saturday this week. So they do have a little bit of scheduling goodness, but it thins quick. So we kind of, unless you had a heat, this is actually the day to drop your heat because yesterday was the end of their five and seven. That's why they rested everybody. And I don't, I don't think that most of this stuff sticks as guys come back. On the Houston side, you know, it's start the starters kind of thing. Wood was kind of the only one who had a good ball game. Kevin Porter was okay. Jay Sean Tate was okay. Olenek was meh. John Wall was pretty terrible. Start the starters. Houston's an easy one right now. San Antonio beat a decrepit Indiana team who somehow they're down four centers although the last of which, Jakar Sampson, if you even want to call him a center, that was an ejection. Uh, Goga Batadze turned an ankle in this ballgame, which is unfortunate because he was posting a huge blocks night. He had five blocks in 23 minutes before the ankle tweak. We don't know what Demonis Sabonis' timeline is. Hopefully it's soon. I'm a little worried that the Pacers might start to lean into losing here, but that doesn't feel right. Miles Turner's out indefinitely with a toe issue. That came out yesterday, so that's a real mess. Batadze when Sabonis is healthy, is probably looking at 18, 19 minutes, which generally isn't enough. And for Indiana, their schedule isn't clustered enough really until the final two weeks of the regular season, although they do have a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday this week. So if half of their team is still out at that point, you could take a flyer on a a Justin Holiday and hope it's not a blowout or a Doug McDermott if you need three-pointers. Just looking for that weekend back-to-back, just in case. But I'm not doing anything with the Pacers today. At least not until we get an injury report. If we find out that Sabonis is out and Batadze is good to go, then yeah, you know, you'd roll him out there. But by all accounts, it sounds, I think, the reports I'm seeing is that Sabonis is probably the closest, which just sort of takes us back to where we started on all this stuff. Washington beat the Thunder. OKC, it really not super interested in winning these days. That line was 12 and a half, so they, they did cover. Whatever that's worth. Moses Brown has been overwhelmed by the NBA now. His, his body just sort of running out of gas, and that's allowed Tony Bradley to do a little bit of stuff off the bench. Darius Baisley has been a beneficiary. He took 19 shots in this one with no Lou Dort. Baisley is your points league Baron here going forward. They have a five-game week coming up next week. You could even make a case for Theo Maladon in a five-game week. Pokashevsky definitely in for their five-game week, but not the rest of this one, though. They only go Wednesday, Friday this week, so this isn't the time to be scooping up Thunder because almost no one on this team, Dort, I think is maybe the exception there, is worth starting in a games cap roto. He's probably the only one. I wouldn't risk it on any of these other dudes. I mean, you might catch Basley on a better night where he doesn't shoot 37% on high volume. You might not. It's hard to say. Wizards, uh, Davis Bertans is back, and he's 
banging in three-pointers again, so you can fire him up in all formats. Daniel Gafford back down to 16 minutes in this one because Alex Len was healthy, and so they had Len and Robin Lopez able to... 16 minutes apiece. It was basically on the nose for Washington. Their centers each getting exactly 16 minutes, and, and each of them actually played relatively well. I think, I mean, I think you still have to favor Gafford in that mix just because of his fantasy ability, but it's not a must-start guy when the minutes are not ticking up the way it looked like maybe they were. And for Washington, the time to grab is Sunday. They go every other day this week. Wednesday is an overload day, so that's not super helpful. Friday, okay, fine. I guess if you wanted to grab a wizard on Friday and get them for Friday-Sunday, rolling into a 5-7 and seven stretch, that's a possibility. But they're largely healthy right now, so the grabs aren't super obvious. I think Denny Avdia is the one that's maybe just on the outside looking in there. Probably you could make an argument there to, to roll him out there for 5-7. and seven. Howell Neto started this game. Rui Hachimura's out for a little bit, and you know I thought Avdia would be the beneficiary there, but apparently it was Neto, and a little bit Davis Bertans as well. Grizzlies. Hello, DeAnthony Melton, who was ruled in just before tip and was incredible. He played 41 minutes in their double overtime loss to Denver. 25 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals. He is obviously a must-grab guy. I think many of us didn't sort of lost Melton because no one had any idea when he was coming back. He was just sort of out. And then magically he was back. He was cleared to play. No one knew anything about when that was going to happen. But we know enough to know that he's a complete and total juggernaut when he sees almost any minutes at all. From a steals standpoint, he's averaging 1.3 steals in only 20 minutes a game, two threes. He's a fantasy behemoth. He's a guy that I think should probably just be started basically everywhere. Um... Now, the minute stuff is annoying. It is. It's annoying. I mean, he's not going to get 41 minutes a night. Grayson Allen also played 43 minutes here. It was Desmond Bain who started but only got 16. So he was the guy that got sort of wiped out by Melton and Allen being being hot. John Morant finally had a big ball game. There's a lot going on with the Grizzlies here. Brandon Clark played only 23 minutes. I don't think he needs to be started at this point. Memphis... In terms of schedule, not always what it comes down to, they start a 5-7 and seven on Sunday. So if you're in a head-to-head and you have a moves cap that you're working on here, it's a tough sell for them, at least until Friday. And then they play a lot the rest of the way. But, I mean, Melton, he's been so good. I don't know how you make an argument against him. Like, he's a guy that you almost want to just use a weekly move on just to get him instead of someone else on your team whoever that might be. But I shudder to... I mean, I, I hate to use a move on someone that's not injured or running into a bad scheduling stretch. Roto, you got to pick him up this second. Head-to-head, someone's probably going to scoop him. If you can wait until Friday, that would be wonderful. I just don't know if you can in your league. You probably can't. Jonas Valanciunas out with a concussion, which means until he's back, Xavier Tillman should be putting up some pretty good numbers. You're running into some similar issues here just in terms of this is a team that plays on an overload day. They only have three games the rest of the week. 
If you're making a move today, you kind of want to be grabbing someone who's playing today, Tuesday. Roto, I think you go Tillman uh, until Valanciunas comes back. Like, that's a pretty... And again, that's a relatively clear one. He'll be playing probably 30 minutes a game uh, until JV comes back. He's not the world's greatest rebounder, which is kind of strange. You know, four rebounds, 19 minutes. In starters minutes, what is that going to get us to? Like seven? So other guys are going to have to be handling... I know he had 14 yesterday, so that was a big one. Double overtime certainly helped with that. If his rebounding can trend in the right direction, then is a very obvious roto games cap ad type of guy um but i don't know that we know for sure that it will i think it's worth taking a flyer on i think he's been good enough to kind of explore it and i yeah we talked about kevon looney being a rebounding specialist he's had 10 9 and 15 last get five last five games for looney he's had nine or more in four of them so rebounding, he's probably the way you go, but you know Looney has these other issues, like doesn't really do anything else. And that's where we're kind of balancing things at this point. I think Tillman's your guy if you want a little more across-the-board type of stuff. And then Grayson Allen, it seems like maybe you can continue to stream him, although I have to admit, I'm pretty worried that in the next ballgame for Memphis, which I believe is also against Denver, then you see this sort of rebound back in the other direction where all of these guys stink, and then Desmond Bain and Justice Winslow magically end up with minutes. It's It's confusing. But right now, with Melton back and Clark back and JV out, that's the way things shake out. Melton's a go. Any place you can get him, he's a go. Again, I would, I would try to hold off on adding Melton until a little bit later in the week just because of the overload stuff if you're in a head-to-head with a moves cap. Tillman, I don't know that I'd do anything with him in head-to-head because JV could be back we don't know when. Roto, yeah. Allen, I think you keep streaming. Clarkson, no. That's where I'm at with that team. We always knew, I mean, we kind of knew, right? We knew Will Barton was going to get going at some point here with no Jamal Murray and no Monty Morris. Someone was going to have to do something, and so Barton finally did it. Jokic, I mean, at this point, we're, we're used to it. We're used to the magic of Nikola Jokic. This is a hell of a ball game, and I almost don't even talk about it. Will Barton, great, 28 points, 6 boards, 7 assists. Just keep rolling with him. Just hope it's the beginning of a hot streak and not a blip. Michael Porter Jr., 43 minutes. Jermichael Green played 23 off the bench in this one. That's, I guess, something to keep an eye on. P.J. Dozier played 37 minutes as well. Maybe somebody steps in. Facundo Campazzo, 35 minutes. It's tough when a double overtime game to know what this might have looked like without all of that. And hopefully we'll get more information on Denver in the next one, but... Seems like Campazzo is your steals streamer if you really want a couple of those. But that's, again, looking more at it from a Roto standpoint. Denver, they start a really good scheduling stretch on Friday. So if you can make them to Friday, kind of a similar note to what we were talking about with the Grizzlies. If you can make it to Friday, you have all these really interesting options. Can you wait that long? I hope. I hope you can. Jazz beat the Lakers 111-97. They put their guys back in, and the result was pretty much what you'd expect. Lakers are expecting to get Anthony Davis back later this week. I think the target day is Thursday. We'll see if he's ready to go by then. Dennis Schroeder's a guy I would probably start in that game on Thursday. And then I don't know if I'd start anybody else, including Anthony Davis, who probably plays 15 minutes when he comes back. Drummond, I don't think he's a top 100 guy when AD returns. 
Kuzma, doubt it. THT, almost no way. KCP's been warm, but meh. And Montrez Harrell's already been rendered useless by Drummond. Lakers just got even more annoying on the fantasy side. For Utah, the we're, we're just sort of watching for what happens with no Donovan Mitchell. And at least here at the front end, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, all of these guys are getting some kind of bump. Ingles likely the biggest just because he's the least likely to want to take a shot. And now he kind of has to a little bit more. Clarkson, not shy about taking shots. Bogdanovich is going to have to take some more looks. That's really helpful for him because his value is almost entirely tied up in how many shots he takes per ball game. And then even Royce O'Neal, not that he has to necessarily take more shots. They just need him to be more of a factor. And he's been pretty good lately. All of those guys, I think you could probably roll out even in Roto. And Utah quietly has a bad schedule the rest of the week. So we did all this talking, and then for them, you know, you're probably waiting until Monday if you're going to... I don't think any of these guys are going to be streaming. Like, Royce O'Neal's probably the one that falls into the streaming category, and I don't know that there's any time I would look at him and say, now's the time you got to drop him in there and head-to-head. Roto, you got to be looking for a particular set of things, meaning a little bit of defensive stat, a little bit of threes, some pretty good rebounding out of a guy that's guard eligible in most leagues, efficient, low turnovers, that kind of stuff. He's the one that's teetering on the brink. The rest of those guys, I think you can start everywhere. And then you probably are holding the rest of those guys, the non-Royce O'Neal's, even though their schedule isn't very good in head-to-head this week. I think they've been good enough. But Bogdanovich was pretty close to being a drop for me at one point. But I think we can, I think we can probably shelve that notion as well with Donovan Mitchell out. Let's quickly turn the page and take a gander at the short Tuesday card. I already told you guys about my bookie. I already told you guys about getting a fantasy pass over at hoop-ball.com. So it's all business the rest of today. Orlando is at Atlanta. No Terrence Ross, which means that guys like Cole Anthony, Dwayne Bacon, these guys are going to have to do more. We knew Chumo Kiki. We know Wendell Carter Jr. Mo Bamba seems like if he's healthy enough to go, I think you roll him out there. They have a crummy head-to-head schedule this week, by the way. Speaking of crummy head-to-head schedules, and their schedule turns hard on Sunday from terrible to very good. So if you get, this is another... You know, one of the nice things about Orlando is that they are on sort of cockeyed days where you might be looking at a team that has four games the rest of the way, but one of their games might be on a, a Wednesday, tomorrow, where... You're already maxed out. So it's actually kind of a wash. Like take Brooklyn, for instance, where someone like a Bruce Brown is a pretty interesting stream, but runs the risk. What if James Harden comes back, I don't know, tomorrow, the, the Friday game? What if Harden comes back and Bruce Brown turns into nothing? Well, when did you start him? Today? Do you start him tomorrow? Also, if you're already overloaded, who do you take out of your lineup there? You might only be getting three games regardless of who you're picking up. And maybe the guy you're picking up on Orlando has a little bit more potential for upside. Maybe not. It's possible that these guys are all rostered. I don't know precisely what your leagues look like, but I will say this. Over the last week in Orlando, uh, there are some interesting options that popped up, like Bamba. 
for instance. Gary Harris has been interesting, although he probably doesn't play in their five and seven. He probably goes three, maybe at maximum four of those five and seven games. Uh, Dwayne Bacon, he hasn't been sitting out any games for Orlando, and when guys are out, suddenly he's just taking a whole bunch of shots. His fantasy game stinks. There's no doubt about that, but five and seven, that stuff's a big deal. Five and seven is a big deal. Think about it. Think about the the trade-off here. Do you need a guy playing four times the rest of this week if one of their games is a wash? Part of the weirdness. Atlanta, I think we'll see John Collins start to ramp up his involvement. Otherwise, not a whole lot to worry about there. Charlotte, it's all about the injury report. When will Devontae Graham come back? Does that create a... Uh, figure out which Martin we're talking about on this team. Is it Cody Martin or Caleb Martin? Which one's, which one's been starting lately? Uh, I believe it's been Cody? Yeah, Cody started. Sorry, guys. That's not, it's not really nice to have two C Martins on the same team. Doesn't shoot. Not a, not a guy you're really targeting, but possibly, you know, if, if Devontae's out again, seems like he's a, a roto, more roto-friendly type of dude. And Charlotte actually has a really good schedule the rest of this week. They skip the overload day, but still have four games left. So pay very close attention to Charlotte, because if somebody, what if somebody else gets ruled out? One of the issues, of course, is that any of these guys could actually get ruled back in for Charlotte, and then the whole thing explodes in your face. So I think most of the guy, I think at this point, most of the guys you'd want to be trotting out for Charlotte are on a roster. Jalen McDaniel is probably the closest one to maybe not being on a roster. But let's say we get a report that that uh, Devontae Graham is still, I don't know, a couple games away. I think he's questionable for tonight, so probably not that far off. And so I'm doing a lot of talking here about Charlotte, and ultimately I don't think anyone's going to be able to use it. But they do have a really good schedule the rest of the week. So if you can get your hands on someone there, I think you probably try to. New York, on the other hand, they have a back-to-back. So a lot of people are going to be scooping them up with the Wednesday overload day. And then they don't go again until Saturday. I do like Derrick Rose right now, but the Knicks have a pretty terrible schedule from now, basically through to the end. The best thing they've got, they play four times uh, over six days from May 2nd to May 7th. Other than that, their schedule is garbage. But I do, from a Roto standpoint, think you could probably trot Derrick Rose out there these days. Brooklyn at New Orleans. James Harden's been ruled out already. I'm guessing uh, Kevin Durant is out, although I haven't seen full confirmation on that, which means Bruce Brown is probably a pretty good streamer no matter what format you're in. Safer, certainly, on the Roto side, although they do have a pretty good schedule the rest of this week also. But as I was just talking about, one of those games is on Wednesday. And if Harden comes back later this week, if then Bruce Brown probably ends up as a guy that you think about moving on from. He wasn't doing as much when they had both of their star guards healthy. The big men are generally there. Nick Claxton is in protocols. I I wouldn't dare take a risk on a Blake Griffin in this type of thing. That would be a horrifying turn. But, yeah, I mean, I I guess you could... Brown, I think, more so in Roto, I, you just because you can move on more easily. Pelicans are a mess these days. They're favored by three. What? Is Kyrie out and nobody told me? What? 
that can't be right. Something must be wrong here. Pelicans are awful. They shouldn't be favored to almost anybody. I know that the Nets without Harden and without Kevin Durant are just are not nearly as good, but also the Pelicans stink. So uh, there's something probably going on here that I am unaware of, and I'm okay with admitting that. Um, I don't know, man. Do they think Zion's just going to take Blake Griffin and put him right into the hoop? It's possible. In any event, Clippers are in Portland taking on the Dameless Trailblazers, which means you're going to get a whole lot of C.J. McCollum in that ballgame. Carmelo Anthony's actually been the biggest beneficiary of a missing Damian Lillard. And as a... No, there's a... I, I live on an alleyway. There's no reason a gardener should be behind me right now, but there is one. Uh, from a scheduling standpoint, Portland now has a back-to-back. -back. Their schedule's actually pretty good. They go four games... Uh, in each of the three playoff weeks. And if you didn't have one yesterday, so you, then you end up with four games in six days to finish this week, including two with the very high-scoring Memphis Grizzlies. Problem, of course, is if you pick up Mello and Dame comes back later this week, I bet he probably will. Um, then Mello, does he go back to playing like 17 minutes and only taking three or four shots? So that's the problem on the head-to-head -head side. Roto side, I think, is a little bit easier there once again. Clippers, Roto, you're really only playing three guys. Kawhi, PG, Zubots. Head-to-head, -head, they've got this back-to-back, -back, and then their schedule is the worst. I think they might have the worst schedule in the NBA after this back-to-back. -back. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I don't know, 11 games after tomorrow, the rest of the way. So if you got Clippers on a head-to-head -head team, brace yourself. Minnesota, Sacramento, the uh, Wolves expecting to have Carl Anthony Towns uh, available for this one. He kind of tweaked his knee in their last ballgame, but it was a blowout, so it sounds like maybe they were just going kind of safe with him. Wolves also in a bad schedule pocket. They Like the Kings, actually, both these teams have a back-to-back -to -back today and tomorrow against each other. Uh, Kings don't play again until Sunday. Wolves don't play again until Saturday. These are not teams you are looking at streaming guys on, unless you have a billion roster moves, in which case there should be some pretty high-scoring games here. But I don't know that you can possibly use either of these teams or streamer-level guys on these teams after tomorrow because of a bunch of time off. You just can't take multiple off days on your roster unless there's some sort of payoff at the end of it, which there really isn't for either of these teams. Sacramento's schedules are a little bit better than Minnesota's, but neither one has a 5-7. and seven. This is not like the Orlando discussion we just had, where they have two days off. They don't play Friday or Saturday, but then they go 5-7 and seven after that. So there's a payoff. Kind of pay it forward with two off days, and then you get a really good thing. Like Oklahoma City, they go two off days, Saturday, Sunday, and then they got a 5-7. and seven. There's a payoff there. Talking about payoffs? Ha, see what I did there. Sacramento is the more interesting team, I think, in this particular matchup because no Rashawn Holmes for we don't precisely know how long, I think. Didn't they say that he was out already? I believe he's out already. I'd be pretty surprised if he was back for this one, uh, but maybe he's back at some point later this week. The, um, the Kings were forced to go a bit small. So Hassan Whiteside, I think you can still probably try him out there in Roto He'll get you center, big man type stuff in, in 20, 21 minutes a game. And they'll need more of him here because Cat, if the Kings went super small and played like a Harrison Barnes at center, it'd just get obliterated by Cat. 
So they're going to have to go big a little bit more in this game than they did in the last one. But I do think they'll go real small again and just try to run and just try to outscore teams. And, you know, the Kings have been extremely streaky. They're coming off a rare victory. Maybe there's something to that. We shall see. It also, when they went small, benefited Terrence Davis and DeLon Wright. Do I have the stones to start either of those guys in any format? I don't. But if they play well tonight, and these two teams are playing each other again tomorrow, from a Roto standpoint, well, at least you got your data to work from. And that's going to be it, guys. I want to keep this podcast a little bit shorter today. We've all got a lot of things to do, a lot of studying to work on. I am Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. I'm out there staring at all my teams every minute of every day right now. Playoffs are wild and roto. We're stat chasing. Crazy time of year, guys. We've done a lot of work. Let's uh, let's make sure it pays off. At Dan Bespris on Twitter. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Oh, and hit me up. We're still recruiting out here. DFS and season-long fantasy enthusiasts. If you would like to become an analyst and you got the time and energy to build it, to make something special. This is not a dabble. This is a, I want this to be part of my existence type of thing. Then hoopball, we got some foot in the door type stuff going on over here. Hit me up at Dan Bespris on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Who knows? Maybe this recruiting pitch is the one that pushes you to send that note. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Back at you tomorrow. Do it all over again. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.